And away we go. Uh, oh, look at it. I got something on my lip right there. We start out with something on the lip. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Vizic. I am Tony Vizic. We come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are uh, six days a week. Excuse me. I still don't have that right. We are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. Um, we come to you on three platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, where you can simply listen, YouTube Comedy Schools, where you get a wider view of our very junked up office, or right here uh, on Facebook Live, where oftentimes there is a gathering of the clan, the entire living on a thin line crowd all comes in, and we have ourselves uh, a uh, yabba-dabba-doo old time. Uh, I'm just trying to get a good angle here. I'm always working on angles. Uh, there we go. I'm going to try to fix something here while I'm talking to you. Don't get alarmed. Now it's a little crooked. Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. There we go. Isn't that now? Aren't I pretty now? See, that's all it took. And now we're pretty. It is uh, Tuesday, December 15th. Is it the 15th? Hell, I don't know. I've, I've lost track. It's not really important. We know it is the 15th. I am correct among go. Um, Yesterday, the Electoral College uh, resoundingly, resoundingly voted for uh, one Joseph Biden uh, to be president of the United States. Uh, I am uh, jazzed and excited to say that I know one of the Arizona electors, one of the Arizona electors, uh, a Miss Constance Jackson, who's a wonderful woman and has been uh, an important part of uh, Maricopa politics for many years, was an elector. And she was one of the people who cast one of the 11 Arizona votes for a Joe Biden. So uh, that's it. Joe Biden is president. Look, I know that 75 million people voted for Donald Trump. And I know that of that 75 million, a uh, loud and vocal minority, but still a substantial crowd, one you'd like to have for a show at 20 bucks a ticket, I'll tell you that, is going to... Um, immediately and, and are, in an ongoing way, begin to attack the uh, Biden presidency. Hold on, I got something ringing here. It's my phone. Let's see what we got going over here. Uh, we have our friend Scam Likely calling. Uh, you know, we're going to take a Scam Likely call on the, on the air one of these days and talk to uh, one of the scammers, and we'll have fun with that. Yeah. Uh, that being said, that being said, uh, just as I accepted that Donald Trump was president, didn't like it, didn't like it, Never have never liked him since the 80s, haven't liked him. Thought it was a sham, thought it was a travesty, thought it was a joke, thought it was bad for America. Uh, he was the president. For four years, uh, the man was president of the United States. And on January 20th, he will no longer be president of the United States, and Joe Biden will. You know, every time someone uh, from another party gets elected, um, every time someone gets elected, he goes, it's time for the country to pull together and heal. This country is always in a process of healing. We're a bunch of heels. <laughs> so uh, Joe Biden made that plea. Uh, some people will, some people won't. I will tell you this. Um, when George W. Bush was elected president, and that was a contentious election, and one that left a lot of us with just our, our jaws hanging wide open like, uh, because uh, he had not gotten the majority of votes. It was the first time. It wasn't the first time in our life that someone who had not gotten the majority of the votes had won 
is the first time that someone had gotten less than the other guy and still won. Bill Clinton won with, I think, 43% of the vote with his uh, first uh, run for office. Uh, it was, um, uh, what was that uh, crazy guy's name who uh, ran um, uh, third party? And he took a sizable amount of George Bush's, George Herbert Walker Bush's uh, votes. So uh, Ross Perot. Ross Perot uh, had a strong enough third party candidacy that all three of them, George Bush, Bill Clinton, Ross Perot, did not get a majority of the votes, but uh, that was the time we had a president elected with a plurality. He still got the requisite electoral votes. 96, he wins with a majority of Americans voting for him. 2000, George W. Bush wins with not a majority of Americans voting for him, but still won. And I had an argument with a uh, right-wing radio talk show host, Michael Medved. He's a real piece of work. Uh, one day, because it was a hobby of mine, was called into these guys and arguing with them before they started rigging the way. You want rigged? I'll tell you what's rigged. If you ever talk in, if you ever call in any of these right-wing talk radio hosts and they take your call, and I used to get on a lot because I knew what to say, you know, having been in radio, having been in show business, I knew how to say something strong, uh, 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 powerful and punchy enough that they'd bring me on. While you are speaking with them, those are the dogs in the background. While you are speaking with them, while you are speaking with them, they will cut you off and keep talking and go, well, I guess you don't have any answer for that. And they also will have uh, uh, paid callers, people calling, go, Rush, I just want to tell you that we just think it's the greatest show, what you're saying. So that, that if you want something that's rigged, right-wing radio is rigged in that way. Although I don't even know if right-wing radio is a thing anymore, what with podcasts and uh, uh, Facebook Live events and all that sort of thing. But I told Michael Medved that I didn't like George W. Bush. I didn't think he should be president, but he was president. And now I wanted him to be the best president in my life up to that point. He goes, I don't believe you. I go, I go, it makes sense. I go, I have to live now. I have to be an adult in this world with a family now. That's what I have to do. So I don't want a president who fails because then the country fails. So, for those of you who didn't vote for Joe Biden, keep in mind, if he fails, the country fails. You know what I knew? always knew about Donald Trump. I knew that he was going to have a big test and they would fail it. I just knew the guy would have a He'd failed every big test. Someone always bailed him out. Someone always bailed him out. He always came into things that were going well and kind of screwed him up. Came into the United States Football League, was doing okay, screwed it up. Went in casino business, screwed it up. You know, uh, went bankrupt. Banks had to bail him out. He always was being bailed out by somebody else. He was always screwing up a good thing. There are guys that do that. There are guys who take over garbage companies and turn them into profitable enterprises. And there are guys who buy profitable companies and turn them into garbage. That was always Donald Trump. Cheryl, you're on YouTube there. What do you got in your hand? Oh, the mail must have come while we were doing the show. Anyway, that's my take on that. Uh, is your podcast rigged too? I am being paid. Am I being paid to post this comment? I can assure you, Abhinav Goyal, I will not pay you for posting any comments on this podcast. Abhinav Goyal, by the way, who's just joined in, he's one of the people watching the show, has a, a great new funny project 
that he has uh, been working on called uh, uh, Fake News for Real. Tell me if I got that correct, Abhinav. And you should put up a link here in the comments to it, Abhinav, so people can check it out. There's a group of people who uh, kind of started out doing comedy together, decided to put together their own news parody show right here in Arizona. And uh, you know what? It's darn funny, and you guys should ch check it out. So I don't know if your show's rigged up enough. It may well be. I want to say hi to Kelly Wilson. I say hi to Eden Alt. Uh, hi, to Tina Mike Lawson. Everybody who's watching right now, we appreciate it. Uh, this weekend at JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, 860 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, you know what I like about JP's? When this business started, it started in small clubs. The guys who got famous in the comedy store, if you ever go to the original room at the comedy store, if you go to the comedy store, you go to the original room, it is tiny. It is tiny. The Melrose Improv was a, is a tiny room. These rooms were tiny. None of them sat more than 200 if they sat that. Tiny. New York Improv. Tiny. Little places. Okay? Where the comedy was intimate, up front, in your face. Okay? It became more of an organism than a show on a good night. JP's Comedy Club is like that because it's a 100-seater. It's a 100-seater. Right now, of course, uh, we can only seat 50 because of safe social distancing rules, and we're abiding by that and happy to be doing it too. But um, it's a great place to see a show because it is so uh, intimate. But at the same time, we've put all the protocols in place to make sure that it's a, uh, to the best of our ability, it's going to be a safe experience for you. This weekend, even cooler is that uh, Arizona's own Michael Longfellow will be the headliner. Thursday, one show. Friday, two shows. Saturday, two shows. So check it out. It's going to be a good time. Uh, we were mentioned, JP's, on the Howard Stern show the other day. Uh, up until we were mentioned on the Howard Stern show, this was the only show that even bothered to pay attention to JP's Comedy Club. We're the only ones who even cared about JP's Comedy Club. We're the only ones who gave a damn about JP's Comedy Club. But now Howard Stern... Because Speech Impediment Man is coming to Speech Impediment Man. I screwed up that. <laughs> uh, I made the mistake myself. It's coming to JP's Comedy Club, and he mentioned it on the Howard Stern Show. So that was pretty darn exciting. Uh, we've always got great shows there for you. Workshops, classes. Uh, if you ever thought about doing a stand-up comedy class, December 21st, 2020. That's coming up. I'll be having a free intro for my stand-up comedy classes. Just go to ComedySchools.com or JPsComedyClub.com and you'll be able to find out how you can uh, show up. Also, on December uh, 22nd at 6 p.m., I'm doing a free intro online. So whether it's on Zoom or in the room, I'm going to be able to do a workshop for you where you can learn some fun stuff, okay? All right, let's get to our stuff for the day. Uh, what do I got here? And today's going to be a short show. Um, we're only going to go an hour and a half. Three hours, six days. We'll go six days today, okay? We'll do a marathon. That's what we'll do. We'll put on the adult diaper and just keep talking till the cows come home. Um, the show is built around three things. I may have mentioned that uh, around three things. It's built around um, um, your questions and comments here on the aforementioned social media sites. So uh, feel free to question or comment, and we will question or comment. We will question your questions. That's a good tactic with somebody. They go, why are you doing that? And then you go, why would you ask that? Then they got to answer the question. Then you're winning. Um, we will do our best to uh, answer your questions or uh, reply 
to your comments. Uh, also, then, oftentimes we have some knickknack or doodad or memorabilia or, or curiosity or some sort of thing laying here around the house that we bring on camera, and we uh, then weave a personal story around them. And also, we recommend one artist and one piece of music of our vast vinyl album and CD collection. Um, and we just came from... I'm a fan of... Uh, the places are called either junk shops or antique shops or, you know, uh, collectible places. But these odd, out-of-the-way places that you usually find uh, on a side street in an odd part of town uh, or in an old downtown that's dying, there'll always be a guy. And, there's, and they're, they're not the same guy, but they're the same type of guy who loves things and loves the past and starts getting a few kind of like what i'm doing here until they get so many that they decide to open up their own little shop and the things you find in there are just fascinating fascinating here's a place on sherman way in canoga park los angeles ran by an old guy named sam that you can barely walk through and he knows every item in there and he knows how much it costs he knows how much it's worth and when you go in there it looks like bedlam until you begin talking to sam and see it through his eyes and go Ah, it's also very clear. Well, we have one of those out here, not in Maricopa, but out in Casa Grande, Arizona. We have Esther's Resale Shop, ran by a friend of ours named Johnson. That's right. Johnson runs Esther's. Esther, I don't think, exists any longer. That's his wife. That's his wife. Like I said, uh, it's his wife. So I'm learning. My, uh, my wife, who happens to be the producer of the show, Shirley, just informed me. Uh, that um, Esther is Johnson's wife. And he has, what well, would have been at one time, three stores, a little, you know, cinder block painted up blue, you know, storefront windows. And at one time it was three stores. He's taken over all three. He's got an ice cream parlor that's kind of like a homemade in one because he likes ice cream. And then the other two are just packed with stuff. And we went down there today uh, and just dug through there and found some fascinating things. So what a place where we find some of the stuff that we collect and uh, put on the show. And I just want to give a shout out to Johnson. Uh, what I bought from him today will not be featured on the show today, but will be featured on the show very, very, very soon. Uh, Angela Fox asks, have you ever been to the town dump in Cave Creek? No, I haven't, Angela. Uh, I will check it out someday. You know, it's the kind of thing I like to do. Cave Creek is one of those areas, though, you know what we're all looking for when we go to one of those stores, don't you? We're looking for that thing that we have an, a, a nostalgic attachment to that we can then bring home and have and somehow it, a little piece of a soul that maybe is no longer with us seems to maybe be sitting inside an old Coca-Cola bottle or a, uh, a painting uh, or, a, or an old-time radio, okay? Or it's almost like it opens up a portal to the past that we can kind of Go back into a little deeper. Or we're looking for that one in a million thing. Bought at a junk shop. It's worth a million dollars. Nit! Nit! Guy didn't know what he had. Now, um, hold on one sec. Uh, Johnson's not one of those guys. He knows everything in his store. And I'm pretty sure if you go to Cave Creek, that those people know what they got. So every once in a while, I like when I used to be on my travels, you go into some town that uh, the world has passed by completely. And you'd find that shop being ran by someone 
and you go in there, and that's where you would find that's where you could find in those kind of towns you could find a uh, a pristine '57 Ford. It only had twenty thousand miles on it and no rust because they kept it in the barn the entire time. Or you find that uh, that piece of silver or that painting that's uh, worth a lot of money. So we didn't. I'm not going to show what I got at Johnson's, but while we were down there. Shirley popped over to another store, and look at that. That's right, my friends. Here's a bobblehead just for you, okay? And uh, it's still in the packing, and I'm not going to take it out. He's got a little silver thing around his neck there, tying him to the back, and I don't want to take that off and ruin it. This is uh, Upper Deck Collectibles. This is Troy Glaus of the Anaheim Angels. This is from 2002. So uh, even though it says collectibles, Upper Deck Collectibles, this is not for us. A collection. For us, this is a rescue. We rescue bobbleheads. That's what we do. By the time we find them, they're already in some junk shop or even thrown in some dumpster. We're not going around in dumpsters looking for bobbleheads. We might. I don't know what would be the harm in that. You get dirty, I guess. You get dirty. But um, we find these things that once we're loved and cherished and have been tossed aside <coughs> like a dirty sock in a frat boy's house, uh, and we rescue them, and we give them a home. Hold on. Sullivan, did you have something? He's disappeared. Oh, he's going to the dentist? Oh. My co-host just left. Uh, my co-host, Sullivan Ramirez, my uh, now nine-year-old grandson. Happy birthday to you, Sullivan Ramirez. Happy birthday to you. Uh, we had a little drive-by celebration for him. I like the idea. I don't like the idea that we've had to have uh, the socially distanced birthday for kids. I don't like that. But um, I like that Americans and much of the world figured out a way to still function during this incredible, incredible time. And that we found a way for kids to actually be able to see their friends and be able to get presents and have a touch with humanity by having something called a drive-by birthday. And I like... That the term drive-by has now been yanked away from its prior violent meaning into something much friendlier. I like that. DJ Payne says, I'm a big kid and socially distanced birthday in April was also weak. Yeah, you know, that was a tough time for a lot of us, man. The holidays, those special days, not the holidays so much. Uh, he did get king crab legs, though. Well, you know... um, I'm sorry that that happened to you, DJ. I'm sorry that you don't have crab legs, but um, if you see a health professional, probably, uh, I don't know if that's an STD. I don't know what that is. In April, of course, my uh, daughter, my beloved daughter, uh, Alicia, we had to have a socially distanced birthday for her. We had to have it here on, the, I believe, this very device I'm talking to you on, where we set it up and we had a cake and uh, balloons and all that kind of stuff right here. And she was in Los Angeles and we had a socially distanced birthday. Fortunately, she was in a house with some other people. Fortunately, none of them uh, got uh, ill from COVID. But uh, so she, it wasn't like she was sitting in a room all by herself. But it's some tough stuff we've been through, you guys. Some tough stuff. And there's going to be a couple of more tough spots coming up. A couple of more. What's that? You and I had socially distant Yes, yes. My wife and I had socially I don't even remember my birthday. I You know, it was like, uh, who wants to remember your 65th birthday, though? Yeah. Um, but we made it through and we're going to see it through on the other side. We got 
Two or three months of rough stuff to go. I know, I'm turning on television. People are getting vaccinated. People are dancing. I got a vaccine. I got a vaccine. I'm really neat and clean. I got a vaccine. You know, and you know, you got to get two of those things. So it's not like they can run out and start licking lampposts in a questionable part of town. But it is the light at the end of the tunnel, isn't it? It is the light at the end of the tunnel. All right, so we're glad to be, see that this is moving forward. Science has been stunning. Science has been stunning. Always remember this. There is not one problem on this earth created by men that cannot be solved by men. Now, a virus was not necessarily created by men. I know, yeah, it was in a laboratory. No, it wasn't. But there's no limit to what science can do. And they have found a way not only to deal with this coronavirus, but there are plans to be able to deal with future coronaviruses if the men and women in charge will do so. All right. I went on enough about all that. Hey, uh, let's get to the music, shall we? Shall we get to the music here? Uh, hello, Paul Whitney. Paul Whitney's watching. Paul Whitney, do you have a... Um, Paul Whitney is watching. Paul Whitney, do you have a, um, a, uh, uh, a link to your uh, The Man With Too Many Fa Action Figures show? Have you got that up publicly yet? Uh, it's incredibly funny, and I'd like to share it with people if you have it. While we're waiting for that, uh, we're going to be working from this today. Right now, this is just the booklet. Uh, songs that Bob Dylan loved. Songs that Bob Dylan loved. And there, of course, is a picture of the young musical bard himself, surrounded by uh, folkies of that era, uh, playing the guitar. And they're all fascinated by what he's doing. Um, this is the original version of songs that Dylan... Dylan covered during his career. This CD contains no music by Bob Dylan. It is not authorized by the artist, his record company, or management. So in other words, uh, it was it was a hoo-ha that they put this out. But somebody went, man, wouldn't it be cool to put together to put together a uh, a compilation of the songs that we feel influenced Bob Dylan, or he has said is influenced him. And here's uh, songs that you know. Or maybe don't know, okay, that he covered. Uh, he covered Dark as a Dungeon, which I know from a Johnny Cash recording, The Lucky Old Son by Frankie Lane. That's how I know it. Uh, we Three by The Ink Spots. Uh, just mentioned some that were uh, Baby Please Don't Go by Big Joe Williams. Many of us knew it later on from uh, uh, who did uh, 10 years after, I think. Baby, please don't go. Oh, baby, please don't go. Well, I knew it from uh, originally uh, Ted Nugent and the Emboy Dukes. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, my Blue Eyed Jane by Jimmy Rogers. You are my blue eyed Jane. Uh, na, 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 na. And I love that song. Can't Get You Off My Mind by Hank Williams. Uh, it Hurts Me Too by Tampa Red, which I know from the Grateful Dead Europe 72 recording. Uh, Frankie and Albert by Lead Belly. Lead Belly was so important to the folk, blues, and country movement. And Sitting on Top of the World by the Mississippi Sheiks, which I know by the Grateful Dead. Uh, House of the Rising Sun by Josh White. My generation all knows that from Eric Burden and the Animals. That song, by the way, House of the Rising Sun, is in public domain. So anybody can record it. There's no rights. Maybe there are now, but for decades there wasn't. Uh, it always sounded odd, didn't it? For those of you that knew it from Eric Burden and the Animals, or knew it later on from uh, uh, Frigid Pink doing a version of it, you know, that was all electrified uh, in the late 60s. It always sounded odd because it kind of made no sense until you understood that House of the Rising Sun was a song that was written from a woman's point of view, and it was about 
being forced into prostitution in New Orleans. Then the song makes absolute sense. Still an incredibly tunny, uh, stunning tune. Woody Guthrie doing Grand Coulee Dam. Uh, uh, what else they got here I could tell you about? Uh, yeah, Karina Karina by Bo Carter, which I really love that song. So these are all ancient recordings of songs that influenced Bob Dylan and that Bob Dylan loved. So I want to go with, oh man, there's so much good stuff on here. I'm going to kind of go with an easy one. We've been talking about the Coen brothers too and what they've done for American music with uh, their two films, uh, uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou and Inside Lewin Davis and how much they've contributed to keeping uh, uh, a special kind of American music alive. Um, we're going to go with, and there, and of course, on Oh Brother Where Art Thou, there's two killer versions of uh, I'm a Man of Constant Sorrow. And I first heard that song by Dylan on one of his very early albums when I was a kid scooping up Bob Dylan albums. We're going to go with the Stanley Brothers, I am, I'm a Man of Constant Sorrow, which as far as I know is one of the uh, most, uh, one of the first recordings of that particular song. I'm a Man of Constant Sorrow by the Stanley Brothers. Stanley Brothers being a great folk country group uh, out of the South uh, who were a huge influence on country and bluegrass uh, primarily. The Stanley Brothers, Ralph Stanley so uh, if you listen to that, you hear echoes of an America that doesn't exist anymore, but does in the hearts and minds of you and I. And it exists on the old beat-up road next to the interstate. And it exists every time you're sitting outside and somewhere, someplace, someone's playing an old song in an old radio and you pick it up. And it exists on the empty streets of old main streets of forgotten towns where people are still keeping things, keeping the heartbeat going, even if ever so faintly, of the America of the 19th and 20th century in their curio shops, their junk shops, their collectible stores, where they, would, where they almost have a, bre a breath of, of uh, trepidation when someone goes in thinking, I'm going to have to sell one of my precious babies. But anybody who has babies knows eventually you've got to let them go. All right? And now I'm going to let you go, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoy uh, the Stanley Brothers doing uh, I'm a Man of Constant Sorrow. Uh, then check it out. Look it up. Google it. Read about it. You'll open up a whole fascinating world of wonderful music when you do that. And that's one of the reasons why we put these up for you every day. Okay. Uh, oh, this Sunday. Let me tell you real quick. This Sunday. I will be making a live in-person appearance at JP's Comedy Club, uh, 5 p.m., the Class Clown Show, the, wrong, the longest-running comedy showcase in the Phoenix area is Class Clowns. Now 20 years running. This is the show that's seen people go all the way from very first show to television stardom. So uh, also on Friday night, there will be a free Class Clown Show online on Zoom. If you're interested in being in attendance for that, Please uh, write to me, Tony Visick, right here on Facebook. Drop me a message. Write me at comedyschools at hotmail.com or, uh, uh, or just yell really loud. And I will send you the link, okay? Because I'll be listening. I'll be outside listening for your voice, okay? Every sound ever made is still out there. Every sound ever made is still out there. All right, that's our show. Thanks a lot for watching. I'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye, YouTubers. Hard one to find. All right. What the hell is this? $3,345. It's a job. Hey, what is this, Cheryl? What did you, what did you do? <laughs> it's a secret shopper job, I think. 